you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Well, this morning, um, Gary Wright is going to come and bring a message uh, for us. And I'm very thankful for Gary and his ministry. Um, I would say he had, he, he was one that, um, I don't know if he knows, he probably knows this, but um, my first trip to Brazil was in 1998. And that uh, was with Brookville Road and World Renewal. And so I, I got to, that's really when I got to know Gary was in 1998. And uh, the first flight that we took was to Atlanta. And then the next flight was delayed or, and we couldn't get it. And so, and that was the Brazilian airline. And so, I can't remember the name. We, Vaspi, maybe. Was that the name of it, Steve? You were on that trip, too. But the airline gave us $1,200 in a hotel room, and I thought, this is a pretty good guy to hang around. <laughs> but my, my first mission trip and all that whole experience, God worked so much in me, and it really gave me a heart for the mission field. And all of that really flowed uh, from Gary and Brookville Road. And So you've had a, quite a, an influence on my life and... You, you continue to do so, and uh, I thank you for being here. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you this also morning. serve on the World Renewal Board and to join us. And, uh, it's been great. It's been great. And uh, good to see you today, and we welcome those who are watching uh, at home as well. I told the pastor, I said uh, I could spend my whole time slot just thanking Living Streams for your generosity uh, to hang with us during this COVID time. Uh, you have been so generous and continue to be. And you're, when, when you are generous to Living Streams, their commitment is that they can be generous to people around the world. And uh, we just had so many exciting things happen in 2020. I, I know it's been a, a struggle for everybody, not just here in America, but all over the world. It's, it's, it's the same. Uh, and in fact, most of the folks in other parts of the world, uh, it's, it's a greater challenge. Uh, they don't have as many safety nets. There's no stimulus possibility checks <laughs> at all. And just and your generosity has been fantastic. And early on, we decided that we would have Operation Food Basket, and it was the Brazilians who led that. And uh, we ended up being able to give without subtracting anything. We gave over forty-five thousand uh, dollars for food baskets around the world, and. Uh, 100% of it went, uh, the majority of it went to Brazil because folks said, 
hey, give this to the Brazilians, but also to India and uh, in the Caribbean. And uh, so thank you for your generosity. And thank you for uh, the way you have loved on our people like Osuario, David Taylor, Dan Miller, and all of his team. And to me, one of the most exciting things that happened, uh, and I'll, I'll be careful what I say here, but one of our gals who is a female refugee in another country, other than her own, taught the Old Testament online, uh, and she taught it to guys who normally would never uh, have listened to a, a lady teacher. And she taught 40 Old Testament stories using a oral methodology where if you can't read, it didn't matter. The methodology used, uh, it, it encourages accuracy in the story. And she taught that in 10 countries. And I'm just so thrilled that that happened. I think that's fantastic. They received her so well. And now she's getting ready to do the New Testament, you know. And uh, you know, she, she was a school principal uh, before she had to be a refugee with her family. And it's just fantastic what God is. And it wouldn't have happened if if people were not more tolerant of accepting teaching, preaching, learning on the, the Internet. It was because of that that folks were more tolerant and accepting and it showed more patience. And it's just been, although it's been a challenging year, it's been exciting to see God. We expanded. This was our greatest growth spurt in missions was during COVID. Isn't that crazy? Crazy good. <laughs> and I just appreciate our team. Uh, Steve Nan Turner's here today. And, and, uh, and I also got part of my team is, is my auto mechanic sitting here. Uh, Clarence and Robin, you know. I, I remember the first time I had Clarence work on my car. And it, it probably needed a lot of work, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a modern-day circuit rider, if you know what a circuit rider was. And uh, so I, I preach somewhere every Sunday, you know, and it, it can be anywhere in the United States or outside of the United States. So my automobiles over the years, some people change oil, I change motors. And, uh, you know, that's the way it's been over the years. First time Clarence worked on my car. Uh, I, I didn't really know Clarence. And uh, he put tires on it. And he did. I couldn't afford what I probably ought to need. He did extra things and told me about it later, you know. And uh, he worked on the brakes and, and put new tires. And, and I think it was the brakes I, I didn't know. And the very next day, going to preach, out in the rural area, I rounded a curve, and there was a hidden uh, entrance. And the person didn't see me coming. And all at once, I was face-to-face, -face, windshield to windshield, looking 
at this person who pulled out in front. She had a little girl with her in her car. And I hit the brakes. I didn't uh, skid at all. My tires and the brakes worked. And we did, I mean, it was this much from head on. And, uh, you know, it takes team. It does. It takes all of us working together, helping each other, encouraging each other, and, and using all of our skills for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I, I love being a part of Living Streams. By the way, we are offering, and it's a world renewal class, uh, the Old Testament class. It's a survey class. And it's on uh, the second part of the Old Testament, the prophets. And it will begin the second uh, Wednesday of, of uh, January. And uh, Brandywine offered to, Brandywine Community Church in Greenfield offered to give us space for that. But if you're, I always wanted to, can you find a better writer than Isaiah? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the hottest writer I've ever read, you know. He really got the good stuff all squeezed in there. So uh, th- that will start. If you're interested in that, seek me out. And uh, thanks for letting me be here. Thanks for your generosity. I don't know about you, but I found this picture uh, on uh, to me, it just kind of describes the whole situation, you know, of 2020. Uh, you know, like, how in the world could this happen? I mean, and, uh, you know, we've had this terrible pandemic. We've had political, not just differences, but such hatred and intolerance and as my grandmother would say, naughty words to one another. <laughs> and we've also had just chaos in the streets and resistance to authority. But I'm here today. In lots of ways, I feel like I'm here today to offer hope. In many ways, I feel like I've spent my entire life, by the way, this year, I'm celebrating 50 years of preaching the gospel. And, uh, well, thank you. And I feel like, I told my wife the other day, I feel like everything I've experienced, everything I've learned, my family, my background, has prepared me to share basically what I share today and in 2021. And so I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that there's hope in Jesus. And I want to share with you what I believe God's plan is for us. As followers of Jesus, most of the people who are here today, most of the people watching, most of the people who will watch uh, later are followers of Jesus. And I believe we have a special calling. 
Ezekiel is the one who wrote these words. But it was God speaking through the prophet. God said, I look for someone to stand in my presence and to stand in the gap so that the land would not be destroyed. But I found no one. Stand in the gap. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what that means? In Ezekiel's day, it was a little bit different. Now, if if you've gone to the country, uh, various countries outside the United States, like Pastor mentioned, almost every house, every building has a security wall around it. Almost every one. And often those walls on the top, they'll put barbed wire or even in the concrete, they'll pour broken glass. It's to protect. And in Ezekiel's day, that was one of your major security uh, devices. You put a wall around the city. You put a wall around your house. You put a wall around the place you worked. Uh, Every place. And here in this picture, you see that there's a place that's broken. It's been torn down. And that makes anything inside vulnerable. And so the scripture said, I look for someone to stand in my presence. If you have a hole in your wall like that, you better have somebody on guard. Yes, somebody who's willing to put their physical body and everything they have in that situation. And I believe in our day, Right here, 2020, going into 2021, God is calling people. I think he's calling us to be a God-appointed person to stand in the gap. To stand in the gap for our families, for our communities, for our church. Um, Who will stand in the gap? I looked for someone and found no one. That's God speaking. Now, I look through scripture to try and find someone who stood in a gap in an exemplary way so we can understand what it really means to spiritually stand in the gap. Physically, we got an idea there. But what's it really mean for you and me to stand in the gap spiritually? And I found one who did it well. (laughs) And his name is, of course, Moses. The big M. He was on, talk about mountaintop experience. He was on the mountain with God. G-O-D himself. And they were talking. And, you know, he was giving him really kind of the first five books of the Bible, you know. Uh, man, wouldn't you hated the, the homework that you had to do to write Leviticus? Wow. And, and uh, God was giving that to him. And when he came down off the mountain, he had what we call the Ten Commandments. And it, written by God himself on the stone. 
Wow. God's finger himself wrote it. And then God said, you need to go down off the mountain now. Uh, we got problems. Because while he was on the mountain, the people of God became something else. They decided that Moses had been too, gone too long. And so they made a golden calf like they'd seen back in Egypt. And, and they started worshiping it and started giving credit to the idols for helping them escape slavery out of Egypt. It says, when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Now, any of you who really want to, uh, well, maybe some of those pieces are still there, you know. He did have a temper problem, and but you'll notice in Scripture, in this instance, God never scolded him for uh, breaking the tablets. Uh, it was a problem, ongoing problem in his life. None of those people in the Bible were perfect, and then that makes the Bible so inviting for you and I to read and to study. Now, Dr. Kaiser says that one of the things that really angered Moses and God, when the English text reads, they rose up to play, it means that the people began to indulge in sexual prostitution. Therefore, compounding of sin was a major problem. So, the people really detoured. We human beings, uh, we really struggle to do the right thing, don't we? At least I do. I don't always want to do the right thing. And these folks, they struggled. Now, I want you to notice what their sins were and compare it to today. Then they worshipped, actually, this golden calf, idols made with their own hands. But today, if you look at what we give our attention to, it's mostly things that we can either make with our hands that we want entertainment. Boy, when they stopped sports, that sure messed a whole bunch of us up, right? You know, and, and it still looks weird. You know, you watch the ball game, and instead of people in the stands, they got pictures of people in the stands. You know, and it's just, and they constantly talk how weird this all is, and it is. <sighs> Our entertainment world. Um, and you notice the themes, you know, now, some of you are, are too young to, to know Sinatra singing my way. Yeah. 
culture that we have developed, it's all about me. And we even sing songs, I gotta be me. I, you know, it's like people say, you know, you're doing things that hurt me and are uncomfortable. And we're kind of like, well, just get over it. You know, I gotta be me. It's, it's who I am. And that seems to be the prevailing overall general culture. And also, they gave credit for their escape from Egypt through the idols they made with their own hands. Do you realize what that really is? It's that self-help industry that we've created. Millions, billions of dollars for the self-help industry. And I, I believe a lot of this self-help is good. And yet... And we have all these wonderful words, those of us who are in education, self-actualization. It talks about what we're able to accomplish ourselves. Sexual sin. Wow, our obsession with sexual sin is amazing. Uh, We keep inventing and feel the need to invent new words to describe our particular sexual orientation. You know, it's like every week we have a new explanation, a new title, a, a new description of because we're so obsessed. We're these folks were obsessed too, and we rebel against authority. One of the most challenging struggles with these folks was their constant questioning of their leader named Moses. I look for someone, Ezekiel said, someone to stand in my presence and stand in the gap so that the land would not be destroyed. And God found Moses. And Moses stood in the gap. Well, I'm going to show you how much he stood in the gap. The next day Moses said to the people, You've committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord and perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Well, let me tell you, Moses could not make atonement for sin. But I want you to see how far he was willing to go. So Moses went back up to the Lord on the mountain. And he says, he he prays, oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive them their sin. Now look at these words. But if not, then blot me out of the book you've written. That's all he had to offer for atonement. Jesus is the only one who could bring atonement with the offering of himself. But Moses gives everything he's got. That's what a stand-in-the-gap person does. That's what God's looking for today. Someone who will say, I'm yours. I'm here to do all I can to serve you, Lord, and to serve the people I love, and even serve my enemies. I want you to notice the characteristics here. 
this is a guy who's literally Moses has stood in the presence. And he and he actually says during this time period, God, if your present doesn't take lead here, if you don't go with us into the promised land, call this trip off right now. <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? Hey God, if you're not going, I don't want to go. <laughs> Let me tell you, I preached some places where I said, hey, Lord, I, if you're not going to go with me. I... <laughs> but more in, in just life, you know, family, the challenges we have raising children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, the people we love most, and when they make wrong choices and, and, and we're stuck with them in, in their choices, let me tell you, that's when I say, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go either. I need him that much. How about you? Moses was what I call a God chaser. I don't know if you ever heard that phrase before, but I hope you are one. I hope I'm one. <clears throat> Moses said during that time, he said, I want to see your glory. <laughs> he, and God said, you can't see my face. You would not live if you saw my face. God said, he knew how determined this guy was. He'd already said, you can blot my, my, my name off your books if you save Israel. So he, he's serious. God knows it. And Moses says, I want to see you. You, know, you spend a little time with Jesus. It's never enough. You want more. It's so precious. And Moses says, I want more. I'm not satisfied with the relationship between you and I. I, I, I want to be with you more. I, I, I want to experience you more. And God said, well, you, you can't see my face. But I, I'll, I'll let you see my glory as I pass by. Kind of like if you're in a boat, you know, you got the wake behind the boat in the water. God said, I'll let you see the wake. I think you can live through that. But I want you to notice what happened when God answered his prayer. He wasn't standing anymore. He was trying to stand in the gap. But now we find him kneeling in the gap. At once Moses fell to the ground and worshiped, saying, Please, Master, if you see anything good in me, please, Master, travel with us. Hard-headed as these people are, forgive our sin, own us, possess us. Own us? Own? Possess? <laughs> what a prayer. It's the prayer of somebody who's willing to stand in the gap. We need to learn from it. Understand what it means. 
where he said, forgive our iniquity and our sin, own us, possess us. You know, when we think of possession spiritually, we, we easily find people in the Bible who are demon-possessed, and most of us think we've met a few and maybe have to uh, live with a few. I love, I love it. I love it that he says, God, I want you to own me. And I want to be your address. I want you to live in me. I want when people sit next to me, they experience not me, but they experience you. Because you possess me. That's what stand in the gap people are. They're full of Jesus. He just runs out of them all over. Own me. Possess me. Gap actions. If you're, if you're standing in the gap for people, here's things that we need to do to be that gap person. We, we, we need to be people who really practice the presence of Jesus. You say, how do I do that, Gary? Well, you talk to him. And, I, and we call that prayer, but we t- just talk to him. Pray for yourself. Study God's word and repent of sin. Get the sin out. You, know, you say, what are you talking about? Get the sin out. There, there, oh, most of us here have something that has held us back. And we've habitually fallen over the same thing over and over. And I'll tell you what it is. It's what you're thinking about right now. God wants us to be the person he created us to be. And that means that habitual sin that's held us back or that flaw that's held us back. He just wants it to be a part of our history of overcoming in him. Pray with your family. Where to start? Start with your family. Pray for them by name. Let me tell you, I studied churches all over the world to find out which ones were growing. And one of the things I found out, Pastor Greg, was that churches that meet regularly and pray for lost people, not just for, you know, sicknesses and injuries, but pray for people to come to know Jesus if they at least pray for them by their first name. Those churches see people come to Christ on a regular basis. You know, if you pray for them by name when they get saved, when they come to Jesus, he gets the glory in a way that, hey, we pray. (laughs) Start with your family. Pray for your church and your pastors. Pray for your community. Pray for our government. Pray for our global friends and enemies. Pray for them. And practice the word of God and live like Jesus. There's a trifecta of discipline that I, after all 50 years of preaching, I really believe. And you find it in the life of Jesus. 
It is simple. You need to go to church. Luke 4. It says that Jesus went to the synagogue as was his regular routine. We need to meet in a big group. It's been tough during COVID. You know, we had to do it often by watching at home. That's it's a challenge. It's a challenge for pastors. Jesus was in a small group. Did you notice? We call them the twelve disciples. That is a small group. And it's about the right size, too, 12. You get bigger than that, it really, the group dynamics are are difficult. Jesus was in a small group. He led the small group. Are you in a small group? If you want to be spiritually healthy, if you want to be a stand-in-the-gap person, you need to go to church on Sunday or Saturday or whenever it is that you go, and and you need to be in a small group where you can really have fellowship. And and I know during COVID this is tough, but this is not going to last forever. And then Jesus had an even smaller group. I call it an accountability group. Peter, James, and John, people that you really, I can't remember any lengthy time in my life I didn't have somebody as an accountability partner who looked at Gary and said, you know what you just said is stupid, okay? I need those kind of people in my life. Not just people who always tell me, well, that's great, Gary. You're smart. I need people who look at me and go, I don't think that's the best choice. Or have you really thought that through, Gary? (laughs) I'm thankful for accountability partner, someone I pray with uh, on a regular basis. And for me, it's weekly. I need lots of help. I look for someone to stand in my presence. See, do you notice the order? Not just stand in the gap, but stand in my presence. I have no power if I don't have resurrection power. And I only have resurrection power if I practice the presence. I stand in his presence. I have him inside. He's overflowing. Then I have a chance to help those around me. God gave King Solomon this formula long ago. If my people... God said to Solomon, if my people, which are called by my name, that's us, folks, will humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn. The word there, turn, is is also the same word in Hebrew as repent. Get rid of the sin. Get back to who God created us to be turn from their wicked ways, then, then we will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sin and will heal our land. I know some of us are just praying that COVID would go away, and I am too. But I'm also praying, God, get our attention so that we will Say, God, 
own me. Forgive sin. Own me. Possess me. He said, I look for someone. Someone. Are you that someone? Do we really want God to own us and possess us? Are we willing to do the things to really be that person that stands in the gap for our family? I know about you, but I don't always do the right thing. I'm one of those guys that have had to go to my family at times and say, the behavior you just experienced, that was not godly behavior. I'm sorry. I've had to say that to my wife. I've had to say that to the people I work with. I don't always make the right choices. I need God. I need Him to own me and possess me. And it requires that kind of transfer. I want to ask you today, are you willing to stand in the gap for your family? Are you willing to stand in the gap for this church? For the neighborhood you live in? I, I think of uh, Steve and Ann over here. Their their neighborhood over here on Mount Hoffer, uh, they have a lot of widows living around them. And uh, I know Ann calls one of them, every, every, at least one of them, she's got a rotation. How you doing today? And then when they have a need, why she sent Steve over and he fixes the gutter or whatever needs to be done. Well, that's that's standing in the gap for your community. Getting involved with people. Seeing them through. Letting them know that God cares by you caring. Standing in the gap. Are you standing in the gap willing to say, God, own me, possess me. If you're, if you're here this morning and you say, I, I, I'm willing to do that, would you just let me know by raising your hand say, I, I want to be that kind of Christian. I want to be that stand-in-the-gap person. Yeah, hands all over. And those of you watching at home, if we're going to turn this thing around in America, This is the only way. This is it. We're going to need to stand in the gap, actually, like Moses, dealing in the gap. God, Heavenly Father, thank you that you have a plan for the restoration of our country, the United States of America. Lord, we had so many things that were great values when we began. And we seem to be walking away from them. Lord, I pray that you would raise up a a group of people who are saying, God, own me, possess me, that I might be that person who stands and kneels in the gap 
that you would not destroy our land. Heavenly Father, accept us. Help us to turn from our wicked ways and repent.